episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Jennifer Rizzio, founder of Soul Language and Soul to Business, and this is Ask and Answered by Soul. This podcast is dedicated to providing you with tangible tools to embody your divinity and create a life based on freedom. Each podcast is focused on a topic that will guide you to listening and utilizing your essential nature. During each show, I ask an expert three key questions so you can understand that you're not alone on this journey, that your soul is the key to forming a life full of abundance, purpose, and passion. The goal of each interview is for you to take away a practice that you can do right now to change your life and understand what assistance is out there in the universe to support you. And today we're talking with Erica Scott, and we're talking about how art can support awareness. Dr. Erica Scott has been recognized by the International Society for the Study of Trauma and Disassociation with the honorary title of Fellow for her research, professional presentations, and advocacy for victims of trauma and torture. She's the oldest professional agency. ISSTD is the oldest professional agency for trauma in the world. Dr. Scott has been has been a professional in the fields of addiction, trauma, and mental health for 36 years. She's licensed as a professional clinical counsel as an E. Hitchcock Scott LPCC 917 in California. She is an internationally certified advanced alcohol and drug counselor. She is a licensed alcohol and drug counselor in California. She's a board certified registered art therapist, and she's a registered expressive art therapist. Welcome, Dr. Scott. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So the first question I ask all of my guests is, what has your soul shared with you throughout your journey? This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. That I can heal and that almost anyone and everyone can heal if they have a passion for it. And, and even if they don't, um, in fourth grade, the second time I was in fourth grade, I was about to fail it again. And I overheard my teacher ask my mother or tell my mother, you know, she really likes art. Why don't you get her art classes? And after a year and a half of art classes, I was reading fifth grade, uh, college level, college level. So I've always believed in the power of art to heal. I love that. 
So let's talk about how art can actually create awareness. Why, why do you feel that all art, whether you're looking at it, whether you're actually creating it, why do you believe and why does science prove that this is actually a way to not only create self-awareness, but to heal? Okay. So that question could be answered by several volumes of books <laughs> <laughs> because it's multidimensional. It's very, um, it's very complex in a, in a good way, but I believe there are many things then it's supported by research that when we're using our hands, we're engaging a large portion of our brain, larger than just talk therapy. Talk therapy works, but using our hands, especially both of our hands in the process of therapy engages more of the brain and the sensory and the somatic, the, the, the whole aspect of the human. Yeah. Which is how trauma is created with the whole human, not just parts of the human. Right. You got it. You're so right. And so it's also bypasses our cognitive defenses. We are so clever verbally. We know how to avoid tricky topics or uncomfortable feelings or the things we're not supposed to talk about, like family trauma. And that's easy to do verbally. But since most of us haven't had art classes since third grade, we're not quite as defensive right. with, although there's a myth that you can't lie in art therapy. You can absolutely lie in art therapy, but it's just a little more difficult. And so more is revealed because right. you don't have the same filters as your painting because you don't have, most of us don't have the same skill. I've been asked repeatedly, what population is art therapy counterindicated for? There's not a population. In my opinion, you just adjust your directives just like you would in talk therapy for the population you're working with. Yeah. Right. So if somebody wants to start using art as a way to generate self-awareness, how would you suggest they get get started? Okay. And do they need a professional always for that to be beneficial? No. Um, the Artist Way by Julia Cameron yeah. is a good place to start. It's a great place to start. Um, I used to be a little critical of the book because I thought it was too mm. prescriptive, but it's actually brilliant. I also like Suzanne Fencher's book on creating mandalas. I have helped clients get through really difficult political situations at work and at home and at school by making a small mandala every morning. There's great evidence that uh, mandalas reduce symptoms of stress. So children in a residential hospital program, making a mandala for 15 minutes, you know that's a horribly stressful environment, reduces their physiological symptoms of stress. 15 wow. minutes, 15 minutes. And that's just coloring in a circle. And yeah, it's not this, right? Sorry. That's profound. And and I think where people, you know, can get hung up is, and, and why I tell clients lately, I'm like, okay, go get some clay. Yeah. Where Right. Where they get hung up is that perfection. And, and especially for warrior energy, you know, it's being perfect. It's being 
getting it done fast. It's um, okay. So I shouldn't be having fun. I should be doing something productive, right? Mm -hmm. It it's kind of banging down those walls that can have a profound impact on what you create. Yes. Just this weekend with a client that came in for uh, an intensive eight hour intensive, we were talking and she was surprised she was having fun. And I said, well, you know, I'm all about polarities, the opposites, how great that you're, you're addressing profound trauma while having fun. That's a wonderful polarity. And that is more powerful than say just positive thinking. Yeah, well, you're activating, you're, you're getting down to a core level, right? You're taking the charge out of the trauma physically. Literally. Yes. And art therapy is also an energy medicine. The colors have frequencies and vibrance and they change it. Just color can change our mood. Just color alone. Um, I was, we were on Friday, we were getting our nails done, me and my friend and her 17 year old. And we're looking at the nail polish and I'm like, I'm so bored with all these colors. And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I need some sort of new color. And that's been a huge quest for me, no matter what I do, whether I watercolor or I use my pencils, I'm like, I want something new color. And, you know, I, I, are you there? Yes. You just blipped out a moment. And I know that that's a search energetically for something new. Yes. Yes. And can you mix your own color? Oh, I've already started. Uh, There you go. (laughs) I got, I have my, I got actually like two watercolors a couple weeks ago. And I was like, oh, look at that. Wait, no, no, no. This is not the color I feel. Let's add more white. Let's add, uh-huh. like, it's really, there's something extremely satisfying yes. about creating something and seeing it come alive. And I think for people who are frustrated in their own manifestation process or locked into a point where their creation was stopped, that's a huge feeling of release and being able to do that. Right. So I have people paint mural size paintings, people with no art background, paint three by seven foot murals in my office Nice, because it's so liberating and the wide. So you probably know babies haven't developed fine motor skills yet. They have the gross motor skills. They flap their arms around and they kick their legs. And as you mature, you develop more fine motor skills. So there's something about paying large that seems to access the gross motor skills from infancy that deepens the process. Yes. Uh, I've been talking with Warner, who's my boyfriend. I'm like, he's like, well, he's like, we have a roll of canvas down there, which is his roll of canvas. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to go big. And he goes, why? I was like, watercolor, you go big, you mess up. Like, yeah, it's not like acrylics. Honey, you like, there's a whole thing. Yes. And, and now I'm thinking, oh, crap, everyone. I got to go big. 
Like right. I got to like bang down that wall because yeah. that might be a symptom of something else. Yes. Wanting to go big. So I'm going to have to yes. tear into that canvas and create something big. One of my first dreams included a hallway of small paintings at an art opening and then a huge room full of mural sized paintings. Nice. And my therapist said, so what do you want to be? A little bunch of little bitty paintings in a hallway or do you want to be a mural so i say go for it yeah i mean when i was a photographer i would do i would find beauty in the industrial landscapes i still love an industrial landscape right i right and i would go large format four by five like i would hug that press yeah i would hug that right do those negatives you know the tiniest little blip of dust um so you were using large negatives. Yes. Four by five. At least. Yeah. yeah it Good was for crazy. You. It was crazy. Wow. Right. Um, I used to be a photographer too. <laughs> it's fun. Like, you know, yeah. and now you have your iPhone, right? Like, I know. everyone's like, oh my God, that's a beautiful photograph. I'm like, yeah, that's like a four year education. I'm at phone. <laughs> it should be pretty. Um, what big questions are you asking yourself now, Erica? In my prayer and meditation and in my just daily conversations in my life is how can I contribute in a more global scale to the healing of what's happening on the earth? And I have a a series of workshops, including writing love letters and writing poetry and making art. And those love letters, I have to say, when I created this workshop, I expected it to be one of the least powerful of my workshops to find out it might be the most powerful because of where people go. I, I wish you all could have seen my face because I was like, what, what are you thinking, Erica? That sounds preposterous to me. Of course, it was going to be a profound workshop. Because they're not Hallmark cards. As we spend five hours writing and preparing to write these letters, people go deep. They, I, I swear. So I say now that people have more grief about unexpressed love than they do profound trauma. And, you know, I've worked with dissociative identity disorder since 1985. I know profound trauma. People have more grief about love they have not expressed. And we have so much of that on our plates today. Yeah. Even before the pandemic. Yeah. Absolutely during and since the pandemic. I tell my clients that one of our greatest desires is to be profoundly loved. And one of the big fears that we have is to be profoundly loved. (laughs) Right? Like it, it, people crave it and they're terrified of it because they're terrified of being seen and yet they will desire that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this is that, you know, activation of being safe, being vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. ahead. Um, My deceased husband was Dr. Randy Tufts who discovered Karchner Cavern State Park. And he wrote me a letter after his bone marrow transplant, after we married. And just he he made a conscious decision to write it 
because we were going through so much stress together. And he said, well, what do I write? And I said, you write specifics. So I know that you're talking about me. That's all I said. And it's the most beautiful love letter. And it, and I wasn't conscious of it while I designed this workshop, but I know it was yeah, it had, yeah, it had, had, I had it. a hand in it. And so, um, what I know is the way these letters are written, people can hear them. They, they take them in on a deep level. I love that. I, uh, in my voice envisioning, uh, workshop, I ask people prior to going to the workshop to write an obituary about themselves. Excellent. And, and you watch them freak out. Like, what should I write? And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's all the guidance I'm going to have to give you. Like, right. right. Like, and it, and it does create a profound shift in people. Yes. Yes. So Erica, as we're wrapping up here, how do people get more of your goodness? How do they get more of Dr. Erica Scott? Now, is that a literal question or more figurative? <laughs> <laughs> Website, where they can reach you, how they can take a workshop. <laughs> so my website is Art Speaks Out Loud. And it's .org, not C-O-N. And then uh, my phone number, people are welcome to call me to inquire about the intensives. And that is 310-880-9761. And I've presented and traveled to four different continents. I was in Cairo this March lecturing for the first Egyptian art therapy conference ever. Fun. It was a blast. And I, I love the Egyptian people. It was, it was wonderful. So I'm open to travel. I uh, present workshops for treatment centers, for their aftercare alumni programs, for um, private individuals. Sometimes people organize workshops in their home. So we can create a lot of options here. Love that. And my last question is, if you were a magnet on whatever you call your higher powers refrigerator, what would your (laughs) magnet look like or say? That I need to stretch so that more people can benefit from the magic that happens and the deepening of connection to self, spirit, and their loved ones. I love it. Her magnet's huge. I love it. Sorry. No, I love it. (laughs) I want to thank you so much for playing with us today. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this interview. So thank you. I did too. You're wonderful. So gracious. And thank you for bringing in the soul piece because that's so much a part of the work I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much of the part of work that everyone should be doing, by the way, but we're going to leave that at their feet. So everyone, you've been listening to Ask and Answer by Soul. Of course, I'm Jennifer Rizzio. And this podcast is dedicated to helping you understand that your soul is the answer. If you're interested in learning more about your soul's answer and your purpose, you can access my free guide at themissofpurpose.com. Please feel free to share this podcast with your community, leave a comment or contact me directly. But most importantly, reach out to these amazing guests because you will not be sorry. Okay, everyone. Bye for now. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast 
where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric acid.